Walsh has got it, twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a high five from Jamari Glory. Just coming back. Hey guys, welcome back to the 10th edition of the In The Sand Show and today we'll be just doing a quick 20 minute show while we're looking at the A-League, the FIFA World Cup and the cricket. To kick us off, we're going to have a look at the A-League and the A-League restarted after a short break due to the World Cup, but the first game from the break was the Brisbane Roar hosting Adelaide United. Adelaide was missing World Cup star Craig Goodwin who had a brilliant World Cup scoring two goals and grabbing an assist, missed out on the restart of the league and he's looking to have a great career in front of him. Two goals in the World Cup, a goal against Argentina, a goal against France and an assist against Tunisia. He's looking great and a player that will definitely move on to something special in Europe. But even without him, United still dominated this game possession-wise and shooting-wise. After a 70th minute goal by George Blackwood, United player Isaias was sent off after a second yellow, minimising the Adelaide side. Then, Brisbane striked with a 94th minute shot by Jay O'Shea, leaving the game ending 1-0 with both sides grabbing a point each. The Western Sydney Wanderers made their trip across to New Zealand to face Wellington Phoenix. The Wanderers have been having a great start to the season, beating Crosstown rival Sydney FC and sitting in the second position of the ladder. Whereas the Wellington Phoenix find themselves towards the bottom of the ladder with only the one win to their name. The Phoenix capitalise with the home advantage, striking with the first goal, but the Phoenix getting outplayed on their home deck and with eventually Western Sydney scoring a goal to level the game at one all. The team shared the points and next week look to go into better things. This game ended one all, so both teams grab a point. The next game we're going to have a look at is Sydney FC. Looking for their first win at their home stadium in Allianz Stadium. They've lost a couple, they've drawn a couple and they're facing Melbourne City who look pretty strong this year. But this is City's first game without old coach Patrick Kisnorbo and Kisnorbo's added so much to this side. So without him it's going to take a big hit. He's pretty much picked them up from where they left off and won them a championship and done really well and fixed the team up really well to have a lot of World Cup star players in there and you know, can definitely move on to better things in Europe with him in the French side, Troy. So he's moved to the league, uh, and, uh, you know, he's looking to be a great manager for the club um, in in France. But looking at the game, City struck first with a penalty from World Cup player Jamie McLaren, but then instantly Sydney struck back with a, with a goal from English signing Joe Lolly. After halftime, other Englishman Adam LaFondre gave the home side the the lead. The game ended 2-1 with Sydney FC getting their first home win 
of the season. This gives them a boost for the rest of the season and not a great start for the new uh, city manager who's going to have to do a lot of work to regroup against Melbourne Victory tonight, which looks like to be a thriller game. Next, the Perth Glory hosted Western United at Macedonia Park with a packed crowd in Perth. Early in the game, Perth player Reese Williams put away a wonder strike to give the host the lead against United. In the second half, Jack Clusby gave the glory a 2-0 lead, sending the guests into all sorts. They're going into shock and you know, they're going to gonna have to look for a quick response to bounce back in this game. In the 83rd minute, they got that response with Neil Kilkenny of Western, Western United giving the visitors a bit of hope with a goal and possibly a late point. Late on in the 97th minute, this dream came crashing down with Leo Lacroix getting sent off and the game ended 2-1 to Perth and and John Aloisi is going to have to do a lot of work to pick up this Western United siders. Look, they're not having the greatest season after winning the championship. Everything was looking their way and they can't do anything at the moment. So it's not looking real good for them. Next, the Central Coast Mariners hosted the Newcastle Jets and it was the F3 derby. Newcastle struck first in the 12th minute and everything was looking their way. But the game, but as the game continued to be one of, another one of those, you know, 50-50 games that we've been seeing a lot in this this year's A-League season and hopefully we don't see any more of these, you know, boring games and the play start to pick up a lot and uh, we see, we see uh, entertaining games. But just after halftime, Socceroos star and World Cup star Jason Cummings gave the Mariners a goal, making the game one all. But only 15 minutes later, Mikkel Tete from Newcastle Jets gave them the winning goal with the game ending 2-1 in the F3 derby and Newcastle getting bragging rights. The last game of the seventh round was the MacArthur Bulls hosting the Melbourne Victory. The Bulls looked to bounce back after a pretty poor start to the season from a great Australia Cup campaign with winning and, and unfortunately haven't done a lot from there. Victory looked to bounce back, you know, after a up and down start to the campaign, winning some games, losing some games. And it was another one of those 50-50 games. Um, but Victory had the majority of chances. And late on in the 80th minute, Ben Fulami put a lovely strike into the top left corner and gave Victory the lead. And eventually the win, winning 1-0. And this was much needed for Victory as giving them that boost. And, you know, that boost can give Victory a lot, um, a lot of hope and can bring the fans up as well. And uh, going to, into tonight's derby will give them a great boost. And that wraps up the A-League reviews. But now we're going to have a look at the A-League's decision to make the grand final in Sydney. So Danny Townsend, head of the APL. And now the APL is running the A-League and the women's women's A-League. So they've made a decision to, with the New South Wales government to make the grand final in Sydney for three years. And I think this is a terrible decision. They want to try and do an AFL or NRL type of thing to make the league you know, all in one spot, everyone comes to one spot for the grand final, but it's not going to work. I think there's too many Sydney teams and it's going to give them too much of a boost uh, support-wise. And what happens if the grand final is Perth versus Wellington? Who's going to go to that? That's going to look terrible on the league. Now many saying, oh, I, uh, the AFL's done it, but we always, it's just, you know, it's just different. And the, the soccer is just, you can't compare the AFL to the A-League. So... I think this decision's terrible and, and it's led to active fan bases um, having decision to walk out as we saw last night. Newcastle Jets fan, fans all walked down the 20th minute 
and we'll see a big statement tonight in the derby where Melbourne Victory fans and the City fans have both agreed to walk out in the 20th minute. And there was another club vote to this decision. Teams like Melbourne Victory and Western United have opted out of this and don't want this to happen, but other clubs want it to happen. So my opinion, it's a terrible decision for the league and not something you want you want to see in the league. And I think they should just keep it the way. Whoever Whoever's higher in the ladder gets to host the grand final. And yeah, it's a lot of backlash. It's not looking good for the league. That wraps up the A-League news. So thank you for listening to the Indescent Show. I'll catch you after the break. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry worry About a thing Don't worry Cause Atticus Health Will make you feel alright Come on Freddy's Kitchen in Station Street For a coffee and something nice to eat Yeah, the yeah, pizzas the are great In fact, all the food rates Down at Freddy's Caram Station Street Come on, come on, come on Down to Freddy's now Come on, come on, come on Down to Freddy's now It's a pizza It's a mystic pizza Oi, 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 oi IGA is shopping nights IGA where the price is right Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor IGA Express, there's nothing quicker Welcome back to the Indescent Show And now we're going to have a look at the World Cup And now we are really close to the last point of the World Cup with the grand final being held on Monday morning and it's Argentina against France. A couple of nights ago, the semi-finals happened. The first game was Argentina against Croatia. With a current run of themes, Argentina started off pretty slow with Croatia starting off extremely dominant in the first 20 minutes of the game. But with all of this, Argenti- Argentina proved way too strong on the counter-attack, breaking through with Julian Alvarez, the Manchester City striker, and drawing a penalty with the Argentinian main man, Messi, striking the penalty, giving Argentina the 1-0 lead. Still after this goal, Croatia was still uh, able to do their part attacking-wise, uh, but they were still unable to score. Still, Julian Alvarez was able to make a great run and give Argentina a 2-0 lead, then a 3-0 lead, sending them into the World Cup final, and I think this game was all Julian Alvarez and He'll get a lot of props for this game, keeping Messi's dream alive of winning the World Cup. And um, I, I think whoever they play, they look like they're really strong and got a good chance of winning that game. And and look, they've got probably a bit of bias on their sides and the referee has shown all these games. But no matter how it happens, if it goes extra time, penalties or in normal time, I reckon they've got a good chance. They just break on the counter-attack way too easily and um, do really well and 
definitely scares defences uh, coming against teams like that. Next, we're having a look at the second semi-final, which was France, the World Cup reigning champions against the underdogs in Morocco. This game looked pretty predictable from anyone's point of view with France getting through, and I think they did this with their experience. They carried through from the World Cup and international tournaments, even without stronger players like, you know, Ballon d'Or winner Benzema, Paul Pogba and Golo Kante and Kupembe. But Morocco came into this tournament with something very different. They weren't backed at all and they came in firing. I think they've done this to you. A lot of their key players, they stepped up. You've got in the midfield Amrabat, who is from Fiorentina in Italy. He's just stepped up so much and um, given that boost as well as Hakimi of PSG. They've had a great tournament and definitely pushed their country into a semi-final, into a third-place final against Croatia. Uh, but I also believe the weather and climate helped them get through to the semi-finals, and I think they'll definitely climatise to the weather and used to these conditions. But looking at the game, Thea Hernandez scored an, a very early goal, giving the French a clear boost in the fifth minute, and late Colomuani, the late call-up from the French, scored the sealer, and, and sent the French into another final, winning 2-0. And I think it, the French just outclassed Morocco and definitely give Argentina a good battle. And this game looks really good and, and it could definitely define, uh, or finish off Messi's career. He's won pretty much everything but the World Cup. So he wins this. He'll give, uh, give the world something different and um, Argentinians will go nuts, as we've seen already. They're going nuts after just winning the... Uh, semi-final, um, I think the whole world will love to see Messi win, but just just got to watch the game and see how it goes goes and happens. I think the winner of France against Argentina, it will be Argentina. As much as I think France are the better side, they play a better brand of football, they play better, they play simple, and their structure, it just works, and they don't play that fancy football, a lot of Tiki-taka, they just get it wide. Get it If Mbappe's playing wide, they get it wide and they just crossed it in, give it to Giroud in the middle, nod it on, goal. But uh, I think the Argentinians are just way too strong on the counter-attack. And even if their defence is pretty weak, I reckon both sides will score goals in this game. I think this game will end 2 all. Go to extra time and how extra time's been at the moment, nobody really does much in extra time. They're just pretty much sitting back and don't want to risk anything. I reckon they'll go to penalties and... Messi side Argentina will win against France on penalties. Uh, they did this against Netherlands. They killed them on penalties. And um, I think this type of experience and like it can definitely help them. Whereas France, the last time they win a shootout was last year's Euros against Switzerland in the round of 16. They went out in penalties. and uh, So that it's not looking good for them if it goes to penalties. They de- definitely want the game to get over and done with. But... I reckon Argentina will win, and they'll be the winner of the 2022 World Cup. Now, let's have a look at Australia's last test series um, against the West Indies. We're looking at the last game in Adelaide. They played the first game at Optus Stadium, where they got up uh, pretty convincingly over over the West Indies and looked to get the job done uh, in this two-test series. Uh, under the lights at Adelaide in the pink ball test, the Aussies um, had a back for the second time this se- series first. And uh, skipper Paddy Cummins missed out on this test due to injury. And other pace bowler Josh Hayeswood misses out due to general soreness. But to come into the bowling attack is Queenslander 
and pink ball specialist Michael Nisa, who saw himself coming to the squad last test series uh, last year in the day night in Adelaide as well against the Pommies in the Ashes. Also, Scotty Boland returns to the squad after a solid performance at his home of the MCG against the English in the Ashes. I think one that missed out in the squad that people probably definitely looked by a lot was uh, Jai Richardson. I reckon he deserves a, a probably deserved a spot in this team as his performance last year in the pink ball was great. So uh, he's one that definitely misses out. Australia's top scorer as well, batting in the first innings was minus Labuschagne with 163 runs going back to back to back with centuries. And the highest scorer was Travis Head getting his century finally with 175 runs. Steve Smith went out with a duck and will look to bounce back next innings and he'll definitely bounce back. He's a player like that. He'll just bounce back pretty easily. The Aussies declared for 511 runs for seven wickets. The Aussies came into the bowling attack looking pretty slow, but they eventually got their wickets, knocking the West Indies over for 214 runs all out, with Nathan Lyon taking the leading wickets of three, Stark and Nisa grabbing two each, and Cam Green getting just the one wicket. Scott Bowling was left without a wicket, which is a huge surprise, and he'll definitely want to bounce back next innings. The Aussies came into the attack with a lead of 297 runs, opting not to follow on. The Aussies went for 199 runs for six wickets and not not one of their top performances uh, while while batting. They've definitely done much better, but the top scorer didn't even make 50. And that was Usman Khawaja, 45 runs. The West Indies came into the batting needing 496 runs to win. And yeah, that was definitely not going to happen. So the Aussies just mauled them, uh, seeing them all out for 77 runs. Um with three wickets each, coming from pace bowlers Stark, Boland and Nisa, with Nathan Lyon just picking up the one wicket. The Aussies got the win and uh, gives them a lot of confidence going into the next series um, against South Africa, which will be played at the Gabba in Brisbane, um, will be played in Melbourne at the G on Boxing Day, and then uh, the Sydney Test. Um, I reckon they'll just kill them. I reckon they'll go three... They'll win every test and wipe out every team that's come over to uh, to Australia to play us. I reckon we'll just wipe them all out. Our team looks great and it's really good for Australian cricket, especially the batting. We've batted really well. Players like Minus and Travis Head have just stepped up as well. Steve Smith as well. He's been great this series. So I reckon this test series looks really good for Australia under um, a new coach and will look good in the future. That wraps up the cricket news and the sport news for today and the year. So thank you for listening to the In The Sand Show. I'll catch you next year. Walsh has got it. Twigging around. Gee, the tackle was a little high. Collingwood win by four. McComb not quite. Gorn hopeful. Now Jamari Ugalhagen kicks it long. It's got a lot of carry. That's something extraordinary. It's a... High five from Jamal. Glory. It's coming back.